go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now this is uh, going to be kind of part two of last week's message. Last week it was how to get ready for church. Uh, this week is how to get your family ready for church. Uh, we need to get you ready first before you can get your family ready. Uh, things like avoiding the fights, uh, the plastic smiles, arriving unprepared to hear from God. Uh, there were five points to it. Number one, last week was preparing your heart. That's kind of mentally reprogramming your mind and heart to, to drink from the well that never r shall run dry. It's, it's, it's getting ready, coming, expecting to hear from God. The second point last week was reviewing last week's message, allowing that message to soak in. Uh, because it doesn't do you any good if it doesn't uh, penetrate your heart, your mind. Uh, it can't do anything for you if you don't chew on it a little bit. This is, this is the feeding of yourself that you're responsible for. Number three was to pray for the pastor, pray for his family, uh, because he watches for your soul. He's the one that has to give an account. Uh, his family is under attacks uh, from the world, the flesh, the devil, those inside the church. Remember the little axiom that, uh, you know, no, no family, no pastor, right? You need to, to pray for them. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you want better sermons, pray better prayers. I don't think it works exactly like that, though. <laughs> but maybe it, maybe it kind of does. I mean, maybe my presentation will be better. Maybe the content will be a little more organized. Or maybe your heart will be prepared to hear what the Lord has been trying to tell you all along. You know, it's because you're spiritually invested in the sermon. Who knows? Number four, come with a desire to grow. Remember, we mentioned that you have to move past the cross. We, we need the cross absolutely. We visit the cross often. Uh, but you can't stay there if you're going to grow. It, it can't be that sentimental shelter from, 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 from doing the hard work of the Christian life. Uh, there's no room for sentimentality if you're a soldier, right? Uh, emotional cross-worship uh, will, will stunt your growth. The number five was to clean yourself up. Right? This is done by hiding God's word in your heart so you won't sin against him. You, you come clean. You come clean. You cleaned up for us this morning, and we thank you. You've made our worship experience much more pleasant. Uh, but we really don't matter. Okay, you don't worship us. God deserves your cleanliness. He deserves your clean heart, your clean mind, the prepared heart and mind. I'll tell you a little story that... Uh, happened to me several years ago. I was still in college. I tell you it was not really, it was more than just a few years ago, right? Starting another semester one morning, I went out to uh, start the car to get ready to go to church. I ended up having a flat tire. Found out I was parking the car in, in, in a burn pile. They had been burning pallets and boards and there was nails everywhere. I didn't know this. So I was just parking the car and getting a flat tire and parking the car and getting a flat tire. It took me a lot longer to figure that out than I care to admit. But anyways, had this flat tire. Luckily, I had the spare, changed the tire quickly, and then we're on our way to church. But I got busy, forgot to drop the spare off to get it fixed. 
a few days into the week, I went out to uh, head to school and I had another flat, only this time I did not have my spare. Uh, I had to roll it to the nearest gas station and wait while it was fixed. I missed my first two classes. Uh, when something breaks, you need to remember, get it fixed now, you don't wait. Uh, you've got to have it ready, you've got to be ready, you've got to be prepared ahead of time. And, and coming to churches like that, you need to be prepared ahead of time. You need to fix what needs to be fixed. You need to prepare to hear from God. It seems, uh, I've seen this to be true um, since I'm married to a grandmother, okay? that uh, grandmothers appear as they get a little older to become even more intimidating personalities as, as the years go on. Uh, well, this one particular grandma was giving directions to her grown grandson that was coming to visit with his, with his wife. So the grandmother gives these directions. You come to the front door of the apartment complex. I'm in apartment 14T. There's a big panel on the door with your elbow, push button 14T, I'll buzz you in. You come inside, the elevator's on the right, you get in. With your elbow, hit number 14 for my floor. When you get out, I'm on the left, and uh, with your elbow, you hit the doorbell. The grandma, uh, the boy says, that sounds pretty easy, but why am I hitting all these buttons with my elbow? The grandma replies, what? Are you coming empty-handed? God doesn't want us coming to church empty-handed. In worship, we are the givers. He is the receiver. All right? You don't come empty-handed. What, what did you bring God this morning? We're not to be critics at a debate. That's, that's not what this is. We're not to be spectators at an entertainment event. That's really not what this is. We're not to be passive pupils just listening to a religious lecture. That's still not what this is. We are the people of God gathered to worship him. So we must remember that worship is not something that we greedily try to get out of a church service. Worship is actually what we give in a church service. Worship is not what we get, but what we give to God. And it really doesn't matter whether or not you enjoy the worship service because we are not worshiping you. You're not our audience. God is the audience. He is the one that should be pleased. He's the one that should be happy. Some don't feel like they've worshipped unless they feel that shiver, a warm, fuzzy glow after it's all done. And that's ridiculous. I mean, an adulterous and stiff-necked generation search for a sign. We worship in spirit and in truth, and we can worship, and it can be worship whether we have some worked-up emotional experience or not. I mean, we, we, we don't need the dog and pony show to have church. Emotion is not worship, not by itself or not for its own sake. Your emotions do need to be involved 
in your worship. Absolutely. But they do not determine if worship has taken place, and, and, and they're not the yardstick to measure the quality of the worship. Worship involves giving our lives to God sacrificially, not, not greedily. Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're to present our bodies living sacrifices to God. We come to church so that we can give to God. And yes, we get things from God. And yes, we are blessed. And yes, we are encouraged. But that is not why we come. We don't come to church to hear a certain type of musical sound or to get some chill running up and down our spine. That's not worship. It's, it's, it's greedy to come expecting just to soak things in without giving anything. Again, in worship, we are the givers and God is the receiver. So we do not need to have the certain kind of music to meet our worship needs. Uh, many people want to worship a sound, uh, so they'll, 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 they'll come to a church uh, that, 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 that has the best music performance, or, or, or they, they, they want to watch some guy parading around the platform like a peacock instead of really worshiping God and listening to what he has to say. All the sound and all the preaching that obscures God is not worship. That kind of stuff's for us, not necessarily for him. Now let's talk about before we get to the church doors. When driving to church, we must not get in the habit of fighting with the kids or having the family feuds as we drive into the church parking lot. It creates the wrong mindset for worship. We have to be prepared. We have to prepare the whole family to worship on Sunday. We teach the kids to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And some families can, can, can fight while driving to church. They stop the fight midstream. They come into church. They get in the car going home, and they pick up the fight right where they left off. You know, it's, yeah, we've done that, too. You know, we're, yeah. But then we wonder why the preacher didn't preach a better sermon or why we didn't get more out of the service or or why we weren't more blessed. It's the devil's way of distracting our attention from, from sincere worship before God. And, and, and we, we do not prepare ourselves for church when we're trying to, to solve the problems of last week or, or anticipating the problems of the week to come. If we bring the baggage of last week or the anticipation of the following week, then, then, then we find our minds being preoccupied with those things instead of what God has for us today. So how? How do you get your families ready for church? A lot is against us. So we again, again, need to start early in the week. Like, just like we started early getting us ready for church, we have to start early getting the family ready for church. We start on Monday, and, 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 and Monday is not enough because it's so far from Sunday. So you've got to do it Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, Wednesday is the halfway point, so you might as well finish strong and, and continue through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You've had plenty of time to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, let's begin reading in verse 4. We'll read verses 4 to 9. <clears throat> it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, 
And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets before thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. It says that pretty much all the time would better be sharing or telling or teaching the young'uns about God. Do you see how, how highly visible the things of God are? In relation to our kids, this is one of the most important things to do to get them ready for church. Hopefully you are ready, and it will spill out into the children. So let's let the word of God guide us into this. Look, first of all, verse 7 again, number 1. You teach the things of God diligently unto your children. Now, how do we do this? Well, you reteach the Sunday school or junior church lesson. Well, how do you do that? Well, you ask the kids what they learned, ask if they had any questions about the lesson, explain the answers, dramatize the lesson, play a part of one of the characters in the lesson, see if they can guess who it is, uh, listen to them, fill in their blanks, Monday through Saturday, ask them a little bit more, probe them for the lesson in the lesson, or the moral, or the command, or the sin that they're supposed to forsake, or the command that they're supposed to obey. Have them teach you in just a few minutes a day, just little bits and pieces through the week uh, is all it takes to keep it in their heart and mind. Now, I'm not talking about a sit-down, structured session where the kids fold their hands in their lap and mom or dad pulls out the flannel graph. Okay? Now, if that works for you, great. That never worked for us. Okay? Uh, you, 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 you want a no-pressure thing where both the parent and the child are relaxed and they can talk and they can share their heart. You might have to, you know, have them color a picture of what their lesson was about. It, 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 it's, this is the way that you review the lesson. This is the way you review it to them so it sticks with them and, and they learn God's word and they hide it in their heart just like you're supposed to. I mean, that is what we want, Right? that our kids, our grandkids, have a mind and a heart for God. Look at verse 7 again. Number 2, thou shalt talk of them. That's not talking of the kids. It's talking of God's word, the commandments. In the context, though, is still you're talking to the kids about the things of God. And look at when, look at where you talk with the kids about God's word sitting in the house right turn off the TV you know no one's life has ever been changed by watching TV you know? don't rent the movie you know put down the books put down the paper go plug your phone in in the bedroom and shut the door so you're not distracted by it just sit and talk and talk with your children about God, about his word, about his son, about God's plan for their lives. When you're sitting in the house, you talk with your kids about the things of God. And don't talk at them. Okay, talk with them, all of them, together or one at a time, whichever works better. Uh, you know, that would <laughs> kill some of you, flat dead to do that. I mean, you couldn't do that if you were stapled through your behind to the chair. 
but you got to try. Right? You've got to do it. You've got to make some effort somehow. You sit with your kids and you talk about the things of God. You make the opportunity. Then, then look at what it says. Walk by the way. Now, you take your kids with you whenever you can, wherever you can. One major rule of parenting is not to go anywhere alone that you don't have to. So you take a young one or two with you every chance you get. You take the opportunity to make an opportunity to talk to the Lord, to talk about the Lord to them. You know, try this. Take, take a walk down, down by the beach. Have the kids pick up one thing. And if you can get them to do one thing, you've accomplished a lot. Okay? Pick up one thing uh, and just hang on to it. And then when you're resting before you walk up those horrible stairs uh, back up to the car again, you know, you're taking your rest, you're getting your breath. Um, look at each kid's thing and make some spiritual application about it. Or, 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 or use it as an object lesson. Or, or have the kids do that. I mean, all of life is an object lesson, right? Jesus taught this way. What did he use? He used seeds and fish and trees and birds and flowers and roads. He used dirt. Kids love dirt. It works. You talk and you listen and then talk and listen. You talk in the way you take the opportunity to speak Christ into the lives of your kids. And then look what it says. When you lie down. Now that's bedtime, nap time, rest time. Make it God time. Pillow talk with your children can be some of the most moving and blessed times that the Lord gives you with them. There is such an honesty there's such a vulnerability. They will tell you things then and talk about things like no other time. It's such an opportunity to listen and to guide them. We do this with our grandkids. And yes, he mentioned his grandkids again. Okay. When we visit them, we try to get bedtime duty. And, be and, 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 and Becky and I trade off. We take turns with the kids. And, 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 and they'll open up in the dark and the quiet like no other time. And their last thoughts will be of your conversation with them about the things of God. Make it count. You pray with them. Listen to them pray. Teach them to pray. And enjoy that opportunity. And then look what it says. When you rise up. That's a brand new day. Or you're refreshed from your nap, or you're recharged from the rest. It can be a renewed time with the Lord. You you can talk to your kids of second chances, of uh, of, of of new starts. And while the you know the God of second chances is is not strictly a biblical statement, Psalms does say that His mercies are renewed every day. You talk about resting in the Lord for our strength or how cool our bodies are made or, or, or what the Lord told them or what they dreamed about. Anything, just talk to them and get the dialogue started. Start the day with the Lord. Fill the day with the Lord. End the day with the Lord. Set these patterns in them when they're young. Your kids must see it and hear it from you. Whether they're infants or, 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 or young adults, or anything in between. You will be guiding them where they may be too young to go on their own. And what is important to you will be important to them. 
They already listen to you. They already see how you live. Give them something good to hear. Give them something good to watch. Ready them for church. Ready them to hear from God. It's a new day. Pursue the opportunity. Now let's get very practical. Since, since you know your kids, since you know your grandkids, you adjust these accordingly. But ask a few questions. Where is the Sunday morning rough spot for child A or child B or child C, how many kids you have? And when you identify that rough spot, how can you help them smooth that out? Don't yell at them. Help them. Guide them into a better decision. What in their schedule has to be removed? Last-minute stuff, Saturday night, late-night activities. What should be added? Going to bed early, picking out clothes Saturday night, resting Saturday afternoon, a time of prayer before bed. What will improve their Sunday mornings? You start Saturday evening. No late-night movies, no sleepovers, no fighting with the brothers or sisters. You pick out their clothes Saturday night and get them ironed if they need to be. Have them commit to wearing an outfit. If changing their mind at the last minute is a problem, can you tell we raise daughters? <laughs> I don't have anything to wear, they would say. I said, you have the same clothes that were in your closet as you had last night. You know, Pick something. Get that stuff taken care of before the crisis hits. Remove, change, or add whatever will make Sunday better, smoother, more productive for them. Because we want them to look forward to this. We want them involved in this. We want them to, to, to want to know about the Lord, to want to have a relationship with him. And if their memories of coming to church are the fights on the way or the tension on Sunday mornings or, 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 or the, 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 the lack of consistency through the week, they will not grow up with a heart for God. And when it comes to your children and your families, you have to remember that we really just have them on loan from the Lord. They are in the strictest sense not ours. I mean, we are wholly responsible for their upbringing. And, and if we will teach our kids to obey uh, the Lord, if we teach them to be ready for church, if we teach them to anticipate hearing from God on any and all given Sunday mornings, then not only must we be ready for that, but we must show them what being ready looks like. They are watching us which means if we don't get it right, how can they get it right? Now, there are parents who want to leave the spiritual guidance of their children up to the children. The parents want the kids to make up their own minds when they're old enough, and, and they don't want to influence them. They want it to be their own decision. The parents want the kids to, to kind of find their own way spiritually, right? That's, well, it's lazy for one thing. But let me ask you this, extreme examples to prove a point. Would that parent let their child find their own way out of a burning building? 
Would that parent let the child find their own way across a busy intersection? Would that parent let their child find their own way through the household cleaning supplies? I, I really don't think so. Then the parent then is, is, is stupid to let the child find their own way spiritually when the Lord tells the parent specifically to take them, guide them, and show them the way to him. We do want their hearts turned to the Lord, right? We do want them to love the Lord their God with all of their heart and soul and mind and strength, right? Then this is what we must do. We must get them ready for this. And that starts tomorrow. We must be ready. We must get them ready to hear from the Lord. We must be ready to hear from the Lord. We have to train them to expect to hear something from, from, from the eternal Father God who, who loves them so much. We have to show them what getting ready looks like. We can't leave it to them. We must set the right example. And here in Deuteronomy 6, uh, God tells us exactly what that looks like. Take every opportunity, create opportunity to speak Christ into their life. Please, let's get them ready. The world is going to eat them alive otherwise. We must get them ready. Stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we want to thank you for this section of scripture. Thank you for uh, Father, thank you for the way you laid it out for us. Well, it is part of a larger portion that Israel would often recite. Lord, it teaches us how to prepare our kids and grandkids to hear from you. It warns us of the responsibility to be a good example, to be the pattern for the youngins to follow. And Father, I pray that, that I pray that your spirit would would convict us of the sin of not being ready to come and hear from you. That we repent of that sin so that we can set the example for the kids. So we can show them by our obedience to you what their obedience to you looks like. Father, please, please do this work in us. We cannot afford to lose another generation to the world. We cannot afford to be disobedient in this area because the consequences will not just affect us. They will affect our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids. Father, help us to feel the gravity, the urgency along with 
the joy and the anticipation of spending time with you. Lord, we depend upon you to have this work done in us. We submit ourselves to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Keith, would you come ahead?